Gimel Shvat, Tafshinayin Zayin, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Tomer Chatuka with Shar opens things up on this 
Monday morning edition. Oh, I keep saying that again. On this Monday edition of the Israel Show, it's morning where I am, but it's not morning where so many of you are listening. So it's just a Monday edition of uh, of uh, the Israel Show on the Nachman Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in, for joining us, for making us a part of your week. We're here each and every Monday immediately following JM and the AM. We are here live. Believe it or not. Yes, if you were listening at the beginning of the show, you believed that we were live. I'll tell you a cute story about that later. Um, and um, we are uh, g- great Israeli music. Plus, we're going to analyze a little bit some of the going-ons in Israel. Uh, we, we're going to talk about the investigations, the, the seemingly endless investigations of Prime Minister Netanyahu and his family. <laughs> Joking Israel, who are they going to investigate next? His dog? The family dog. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the um, the new administration, the Trump administration, and what seems to be a uh, a renaissance, a re a a, a, a um, reflowering of the great relationship that, that the United States and Israel had uh, before the Obama administration, and probably uh, so far, uh, even more more so than other administrations as well, the first President Bush and others, and we'll talk all about that stuff uh, as we go on. We'll get some more music, and um, and we'll be right back with you. So stay tuned, and thanks for joining us. This is Eric Einstein, Matausek, Shatakambaboka. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? And his answer is, the same thing, same things, but slower. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Here's an Israeli classic for you. Arik Einstein, Matosek, Shatakambaboker. Hi there, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Great to be with you. Thanks for uh, letting us in. How many investigations are taking place right now? Right now. Simultaneously involving Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. So it seems like, I mean, what I can uh, surmise, there are three, at least three that are known to the public. One has to do with the media and Yidiora Hornot, and we covered that at great lengths, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. And that continued investigation continues. I think that's more of an investigation and an indictment of the media than it is of the prime minister, but you know, you never know how things go. The, uh, the second is about gifts that he received from rich friends. Now, you know, when you're in power and you have rich friends, your rich friends are very happy to give you gifts. The Gemara discusses uh, situations where the person giving the gift gets more um, enjoyment than the person getting the gift. Usually the person who gets the gift is enjoying the fact that he has now something he didn't have before. But there are situations, the Gemara specifically talks about situations of very important people, that when you give them the gift, when they accept the gift from you, you are happier than they are. They don't care that much about the gift, but knowing that you've given a gift to, to a prime minister and that you have such a relationship with him is, uh, is important to you. And so there are several uh, people, uh, Jews around the world, very, very, very wealthy Jews, who are to have developed a very close relationship with Prime Minister Netanyahu over the years. Don't forget, Prime Minister Netanyahu was a UN ambassador, uh, and uh, as such, he spent a lot of time in the United States. Um, he has a rapport with Americans, of course, because of uh, his upbringing in America during his teen years and afterwards uh, when he was at MIT. His English is perfect and so forth. Um, and so um, there seems to be a pattern of gift-giving. Now, maybe that doesn't smell too nice, too good, especially since some, some of the gifts were cigars, but some were also champagne. Uh, expensive cigars, expensive champagne, and so forth. It doesn't look good. But is it criminal? And, and should the police be spending hours and hours of time with the prime minister, who probably has something better to do with his time, investigating this or not? That's a, that's a good question. The third is... Uh, something to do with the purchase of submarines from Germany. And quite frankly, I, I have not studied this case too, too well. There seems to be a question of a conflict of interest between the lawyers that were brokering the deal and Netanyahu and so forth and so on. If, if it supposedly went away already, now, it's, now they're saying it's coming back, the media really, um, for a change, is not as much in the know as they used to be. And I think, in, pack, in, in part, it's because the uh, the new chief of police uh, is uh, a former Shin Bet 
head. He was the deputy um, executive of the, uh, the deputy, deputy director of the Shinbet, and he knows how to make sure that secrets are kept and so forth and so on. And um, there's been a tight lid. Not that there haven't been leaks. There have been, but they've been few and far between. And many times they're just incorrect, the, the stories that they, they've put out on the media. And the media is very frustrated. You can see how frustrated they are that they don't know what's going on. Um, those are the investigations. Now, you know, I think over time I've come to believe that there's, there is politics involved in these investigations. And it's weird. In this case, it's weird. Because Netanyahu, having experienced this many times before, he and his wife have undergone so many different investigations over the years, he made sure that the Attorney General would be one of his own people. That's uh, Attorney General Mendelblit, who he was very close to, and he lobbied very strongly that he should be Attorney General just so that he, f- he would feel that there's not going to be someone who hates him on the other side of this story who will push for an indictment. The chief of the police is also his, um, his appointment and his personal pick. So how does this work? I don't know. I really don't know. We don't know. But in the past, there have been investigations against politicians on the right that were totally politically motivated. And um, we spoke about one such case a few weeks ago when we, when we um, eulogized um, Yaakov Ne'eman, who was a minister of finance, minister of justice, and when he was appointed minister of justice, the fear in the Justice Department was that he was going to make changes that they didn't like, and they just literally made up out of whole cloth some sort of uh, indictment against him, and he was found totally innocent, and it was found afterwards that the whole thing was made up, and yet nobody was held to account. So... All, and, and by the way, some of the investigations, there was an investigation about his travel, and so forth, and those investigations were recently closed because there was nothing to it. And it almost seems like the anti-government forces somewhere, I don't know who controls what, but they are doing their best to keep these investigations in the headlines, and if they're, you know, finally... Uh, cleared away, let's find something else to investigate. It's, it's so, uh, it seems crazy. There's two lawyers, American lawyers, who um, have what to say about it. Both of them are supporters of Netanyahu, but both of them, I think, are pretty clear thinkers. One is Alan Dershowitz, and the other is Rudy Giuliani. We'll play for you uh, some sound bites of theirs, what they have to say about these uh, investigations, and what is what could be done in order to allow a prime minister to function properly even when the police uh, have to investigate him. We'll do all that after the next song, brand new. (coughs) Excuse me. From uh, Yosef Karduner, together with uh, Chaim Luk. They put together this song. They sing it together. It's called Hallelujah. It was just released, and we're debuting it here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
Yosef Karduner and Chaim Luke, brand new. Hallelujah. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. We're talking about the seemingly endless investigations of uh, Israeli police into uh, different allegations about Prime Minister Netanyahu. This has been going on for years. And... um, We'll wrap it up with uh, two clips. We'll wrap up the discussion, I should say, with two clips from Americans who are uh, lawyers. One's a lawyer and a politician. Um, but I, the more I look at it, you know, I never wanted to believe that it was possible that 
in a country like Israel, which is a democracy, which supposedly is a fair and free and open society, that it would be possible to manipulate the police and the Department of Justice in such a way. Now, unfortunately, in the last eight years in the United States, we saw that it was being done. So why am I surprised about Israel? Maybe I expect more from Israel. But going back even to the times of Ariel Sharon, where um, there was evidence of a lot of wrongdoing, and it seems to have been just put aside because Prime Minister Sharon decided to uh, expel the Jews from Aza and to uh, leave Aza, that Israel should leave Aza. And that was such a beautiful, quote-unquote, thing for those on the left that the left in Israel that controls, to a great extent, the Justice Department decided to give him a pass. They didn't want to take him down. The journalists, for sure, um, gave him a pass and and watched over him very carefully in order that um, he shouldn't he shouldn't fall. So that this getting out of Aza should should continue. You know the the the. The withdrawal from Aza shouldn't be stopped, God forbid. Um, and then Ehud Olmert, who had real stuff, was taken to task. But then Netanyahu just is investigated on seemingly such silly things that one has to question, is there not some... And I don't know where it is, in the police, in the Justice Department, wherever it is, is there not some force that is so anti-Netanyahu that they will just keep coming up with stuff. I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but it would seem that it's that that it is not just a regular investigation that would take place uh, in normal circumstances. Um, Rudolf Giuliani, this is what he had to say about it when he was interviewed on Israeli television. Reshet a few days ago, he was in Israel, um, both for private reasons, but also as an emissary of President Trump to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. This is off of Ro'im Olam with Yaakov Achimeir on Arutz Harishon, Israel Broadcast Authority Television. I find this whole situation of of the so-called investigation of him outrageous. In Israel? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think it embarrasses Israel because it's... It's um, making a mountain out of a molehill. I mean, uh, criminalizing politics is a terrible thing. Politics is tough enough anyway. But all of a sudden, if we're going to start dealing with cigars and gifts and, I mean, from, from, from good friends, when the law allows that and you have to interpret it in a certain way in order to get to another result, with the, with the things that we have to deal with in this world... Iran being being nuclear, possibly uh, Islamic terrorism, uh, poverty, uh, economic development, cybersecurity, cybercrime, and and we're spending our time on cigars and champagne from a good friend. It seems to me something's out of whack, and somebody's being too political uh, in the way they're dealing with it, dealing with it. I've known. Prime Minister Netanyahu for 25 years, and he's an extremely honest, honorable man. So there's uh, a voice that we uh, 
many of us here appreciate in the United States, Rudy Giuliani. And another one uh, coming out in the fence of uh, Netanyahu. And also, I believe that he offers the solution that some have uh, brought up in Israel. It's Alan Dershowitz coming up. Um, there is a, um, a movement afoot to pass a law in Israel, to enact legislation that would say a, a, a sitting prime minister cannot be investigated while he is in office. When he, le- when, he, when he leaves office, then let the police and let everybody do whatever they want and investigate him up the wazoo. But while he's in office, to create such a distraction, which takes hours and hours and hours of time of the prime minister, both not only sitting with the police, which, which they come to his house, Okay, that's a courtesy to come to his house rather than having him come down, but they sit there for hours. But the amount of time that he has to spend with his legal team and his counsel and, and doing preparing for all these things, it sounds crazy. So that is a law that they're thinking to enact. Now, on the other hand, in Israel, there are no term limits. So theoretically, somebody can be prime minister for a long time, and maybe has been prime minister for a very long time, many years, over in more than more than one. Wasn't, it wasn't consecutive. Um, and people say, well, by the time he's going to be out, the evidence won't be there, and so forth and so on. So um, that's an issue, and um, Professor Alan Dershowitz uh, refers to that. This is off of uh, an interview he did with, uh, with Reshet. As a supporter, but moreover as a brilliant law professor and a lawyer, uh, you're probably aware of the investigations undergoing in Netanyahu's cases. Of course. Yes. Uh, what do you think he should be worried about indictment? Well, first of all, I think that the Israeli law should be changed and made like the laws in other countries where you do not have investigations of sitting prime ministers and or any indictments but of sitting prime ministers. But you know that we don't have limited terms. I know. Yeah. Uh, but still, everybody finishes their term. Even Ben-Gurion ultimately finished his term. And the idea of postponing investigations and criminal proceedings until after the term is over would make a lot of sense. Prime ministers have to spend 24-7 Yeah, but do you think it's legitimate that a prime minister allegedly uh, takes um, expensive presents from billionaires? Well, every, every public official takes some presents. Whenever I visit uh, a public official, I always bring not on a copy of my not book. Not on demand. Well, prime ministers will always tell me, where's your book? When I visited <laughs> Golden Meir in 1970, I was told, you don't come without bringing her a Lucky Strike cigarette. So I bought her a carton of Lucky Strike cigarettes. Now, look, obviously, there are matters of degree. But you should never make it a criminal law that's a matter of degree. If something is lawful in small amounts, you can't just say we're going to make it unlawful in larger amounts and apply the new rules retroactively. The public has the right to judge a person based on that and to allow that to influence their vote. But the criminalization of controversial policy differences, it poses a great danger to democracy. It's an even greater danger when you talk about conversations between an elected official and the media, so which let's is talk what the second investigation the relationship is. with the media. Do you think right. it's also okay that a publisher and a prime minister meet and they exchange, they conspire to exchange, allegedly, I'll return on that, um, let's say uh, business interests? in return for good publicity and coverage? Well, 40 members of the Knesset voted for the Israel Hayom law. Prime mm-hmm. Minister Netanyahu was against it. 
And many of those 40 people got good coverage. And you note, are we going to have an investigation of the motives of every legislator, the motives of every reporter? That would pose a tremendous danger to freedom of speech, a tremendous danger to the independence of the judiciary under the American Constitution. You cannot even question a legislator about their votes or about their debates. And I think there's a tremendous danger when we see investigations of business as usual. Look, as I wrote in an article, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, is as Israeli as falafel and American as apple pie. That should not be made a crime. If people don't like it, they should vote against the candidate who the did it, or they should stop reading the Odak Renault. That's the way people should vote. But to is, give unelected officials the power to remove elected officials from office is very dangerous to democracy. But the idea that when, for example, just these past few weeks, president's involved in his first meeting with the prime minister, we have the Iran deal, we have the debate about Jerusalem, we have all kinds of military problems going on. The idea that the prime minister has to devote even one minute to thinking about whether he took too many cigars, whether he had a meeting with the uh, 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 editor of Yudhiyar Ahmed or the publisher, that's not something a prime minister should be doing. Alan Dershowitz putting it very well and um, summing it up. Investigating the prime minister. Will it continue and when will it end? Here is something for... um, those of you in Israel, it's been pouring and it's cold. Here is Gali Atari with Mitriot. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Galiat Arimitriot. Going out to everyone in Israel who is uh, enjoying a lot of the rain this uh, this season, one of the rainier seasons in the last couple of years. Just as a side note, Mitria, which is an umbrella, from the word matar, which is which is rain, tain talu matar, uh, that word had to be invented because there was no Hebrew word in in our vocabulary up until that point for an umbrella. Because there wasn't any umbrellas until like the late 1800s. And Eliezer ben Yehuda invented that word together with so many others. Miklachad, Rakevet, Glida, and so forth. He was, in fact, a genius. Amazing genius. My uh, my name is Mayor Weingarten. Yes, I'm here with you on the uh, Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, so, what's going to be with the new Trump administration and Israel? That's a question that so many people are asking. And uh, we have uh, some more clips from Rudy Giuliani about that. In that same interview with Yaakov Achimeir, he spoke about the... Um, the, the new atmosphere that now exists between Israel and the United States here. Have a listen. How do you see the, for instance, the problem of settlements? President Trump, I think, um, looks at it as this is a decision Israel has to make. Uh, Israel is a sovereign country, and uh, we are going to support Israel in making the decisions that Israel believes are necessary for its own defense. If there are objections or we have a different opinion, that will be conveyed secretly and privately rather than openly. Are which there is, any objections now? I don't think there are any at all. Uh, when, when settlements were made in the past under Obama or extended, Obama, Kerry, Clinton would condemn them. You'll notice that several days ago, when one of the settlements, I think 2,500 more homes are being built, the White House had a very, very, uh, I think, very significant comment. No comment. But I would say that his general philosophy is that let, let Israel make their decisions about their security and support it. The, the public uh, kind of disagreement that was going on is over. We're back to what I, what I told uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and several other Israeli officials and citizens is we're back to the good old days. Mm-hmm. This is, this is gonna, America and Israel are going to have the relationship that we've had now for many decades under Republican and Democratic presidents where we support each other. Back to the good old days, as Rudy Giuliani mentions, the uh, State Department uh, briefing where uh, in, in the past... If uh, the spokesperson, Josh Ernest, uh, was the last one, was asked during the Obama administration about uh, new uh, home building and so forth, um, they would just come down on Israel and say it's a, uh, they're either that they're illegal, they put them into peace, it's terrible, it's, and we've, we've uh, told Israel, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I think I was reminded that I have the clip. Let me see if I can do this. While we're live, let me try and get you... That clip, I think I had prepared it. Well, hopefully this is it. Clip of the briefing that took place, I think, I believe it was the first or second day 
of the Trump administration, and uh, this was the White House briefing room. And the question that was asked to me is whether or not, so it's been asked and answered. I'm not. Foreign policy. I'm Does sure. he support Israel has approved uh, the settlement of 2,500? I, I think that he has asked his team to get together. Uh, he will meet with Israel, continues to be a huge, uh, a huge ally of the United States. He wants to grow closer with Israel to make sure that it gets the full respect that it deserves in the Middle East. And, and what he's going to do is, is as I mentioned yesterday, we're going to have a meeting with Prime Minister Netanyahu. We'll continue to discuss that. Does he support Thank the expansion of settlements? I, I will, like I said, we'll have a conversation with the Prime Minister. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Jordan. So there you have it. So calm and peaceful reaction to settlements. Yeah, we'll talk to Netanyahu. We'll discuss it. We'll see what's good for Israel, you know, and so forth and so on. Wow. You know, there's a lot going on. A lot of people have a lot of uh, complaints about the Trump administration. But as far as the support of Israel, so far it's been amazing. Now, this opens up an opportunity. It seems that we have a friend at the White House who's willing to do things that are not politically correct. He's willing to stick his tongue out at the world and say, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I think is, is good, is right. And maybe that opens the door for Israel to do the same. In fact, Naftali Bennett is uh, suggesting at this point that Israel annex parts of Yehudan Shamron, make them part of Israel, permanent part of Israel, uh, specifically Malad Dumim, which is a, a large city outside of Jerusalem. It's in the consensus. It's one of the Gushei Hayit Yashvut, one of those blocks of uh, where, where tens of thousands of Jews live, and everybody agrees that they're not going to be expelled at, as part of any agreement. So let's annex it. But the question is, when Netanyahu, when Prime Minister Netanyahu sits down with President Obama, let's imagine President Obama says to him, okay, Bibi, you can do whatever you want. What is your plan? What's the answer? What answer does Israel have? I, I wonder, I often wonder, is there a plan? If Israel could now, if, if not, not only Israel, if the Netanyahu government, which is a right-wing government, can, can have carte blanche, could do whatever it wants, what would it do? How would it deal with Yehudan Shamron? I think we got a little bit of a clue from Netanyahu last week. He, reading between the lines, one of the things he said was that the territory would be Israel. Areas that are inhabited by the Arab population would be in confederation with Jordan. And so they would be somehow affiliated with Jordan, and that would be their sovereignty. That means they would vote and so forth in the Jordanian elections. And the Jews that lived there would be under Israel rule, but there would be uh, total security control by Israel. The Arabs would have some sort of an autonomy, maybe, but not a full state. I don't know if he can get away with it, but that could be what he envisions as the quote-unquote two-state solution. Now, what happens with Aza? I don't know. I don't know. And the biggest question, what happens with Yerushalayim? You know, it's been written a lot lately, even by those on the right, about 
these neighborhoods in, of Yerushalayim that are, there are five neighborhoods, Arab neighborhoods in Yerushalayim that are on the other side of the uh, fence that Israel built, the security fence. <laughs> that many in America think that you can't build a security fence and that everybody who thinks you can points to Israel and says, look, they did, they did more than one. There's one in Aza, there's one that goes through uh, Yudan Shamron area, and they actually built one uh, in southern Israel to stop infiltration of um, Sudanese and, and other uh, people that were just looking to get um, work or uh, get away from uh, troubled uh, areas. So on the other side of the Israeli wall, which goes through Yerushalayim, there are, there are five neighborhoods that are so lawless that even the Israeli police are afraid to go in. Are they part of Yerushalayim? What makes them a part of Yerushalayim? I'm not sure. You have to remember that Yerushalayim has no real definite border, historically speaking. Yerushalayim has... Even in the times of the of uh, of the Tanakh and and the second uh, Bayit Bayit Shani times, Yerushalayim kept expanding. the 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 boundaries of Yerushalayim kept changing. We have archaeological evidence. We have evidence even in Tanakh itself. After sixty seven, a decision was made by the Israeli government that. They would drew a map and they said this would be Yerushalayim. They wanted very much to include the airport at Atarot, so they like drew a, a, like almost like a long finger going up north to include Atarot. But what makes that Yerushalayim? If you think about it, if there wouldn't have been an airport there, then that whole area from, from the line going up north to Atarot wouldn't be part of Yerushalayim municipality today. So the question really is, what makes the boundaries of, of the municipality of Yerushalayim today that were drawn in 1967, what makes that holy? And does Israel want, does Israel want to continue to have Supposed sovereignty—it's not real sovereignty—over these these neighborhoods, these no-go zones where nobody can can go. The, this the city has no control. The building there is is totally illegal. Everything is just a mess. These people are living in a mess because everyone is afraid to touch it. I don't know. I don't know what the answers to these questions are. But if again. If we are to come up with an answer to, okay, what do we want? If the Americans say to Israelis, what do we want? We should think these things out and come up with an answer of what we want. Does the Israeli government today want the American embassy moved to Jerusalem? We've said it over and over again. It's a symbolic gesture. And Trump is ready to do it. And the rumors in Israel are that members of the Israeli administration have said to Trump, wait, don't, don't do it yet. Not so fast. They're afraid. They're afraid of the ramifications and so forth. So, so what do we want? 
at the end of the day, what do we want? Now, it could be that what they'll do with the embassy, which I think we've spoken about. I know Malcolm Holon has spoken about it on, on Fridays uh, at Jamie and the AIM a few times, is that they'll start off by uh, having the ambassador, who's a, a wonderful from person, a practicing Jew, who has, I believe, his own apartment in Jerusalem, he'll work out of Jerusalem. It'll be the ambassador's office. So it won't be the embassy, but the ambassador will be stationed in Jerusalem. American officials that will come to Israel will visit him. Unlike the Obama administration, the word Jerusalem, Israel, will appear on the website and not be crossed out. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll tell them, uh, maybe the... the uh, Trump administration will advise the State Department that they must write Jerusalem, Israel on the passports of Americans born abroad in in Yerushalayim. We don't know. But it would seem, at least on the face of it, that Israel doesn't have a clear vision of where it wants to go. There's a status quo that's been present for 50 years, but always, or almost always, the it was characterized by the inability to do anything. So Israel did some stuff, and then the Arabs did some stuff, and Israel did some stuff, and Arabs did some stuff, but there was no policy that Israel started with and, and saw to its completion, to its fruition. Menachem Begin had a vision. He wanted to have autonomy for the people, not for the land. The people would be able to run their own lives, run their own education department, police department, uh, 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 building, zoning divisions, buildings, all that stuff would be run by the Palestinian Arabs that lived in Yehudan Shamron, but sovereignty will be Israeli and security will be Israeli. But it was never seen through. That that was a policy that they started negotiating after the peace agreement with Egypt, and it just fell apart. So this is this is the, a big challenge, I think. I think, you know, sometimes people say, um, be careful what you wish for. I think Israel's in that situation. Be careful what you wish for. Um, we've wanted certain things for many, many years. And it could be that now we have it. And the question will be, what do we do with it? I don't know. This is um, Bowie Kala from Chaim Devash. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And you'll recognize, uh, probably you'll recognize the melody of, of this from, uh, from somewhere else. Thank you. 
Singer is Chaim Dvash, Bowie Kala. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to all those who are liking our Facebook page. We appreciate it. It is important because the more likes the page has, the more uh, it, um, Facebook mechanism distributes it and makes it more and more available. Uh, we are up to 420 likes, which is really cool for us, and uh, we're, we, we appreciate it. And our goal now is 500. That's it. We've got to think big. So our next goal is 500, and uh, we encourage all of you to tell your friends and um, anyone who you think might be interested in uh, our programming to go to facebook.com slash The Israel Show and like the page, in addition to liking the different posts. Um, and I'll say thank you to the latest likers, Tamar Lynn, the Broder Bunch, Pat, Fran, thank you also, Nina, thank you all so much for, uh, for liking the page. Uh, a personal request, if you could keep in your tefillot, in your mind, in your prayers, 
um, a good friend of mine, uh, for a Rufuashalema, Uri Avraham Ben Elisheva. Uri Avraham Ben Elisheva, Rufuashalema. We're going to post um, just a little bit later in the day the list of um, music videos of all the uh, songs that we played during the show, so you can listen to them whenever you like or share them with others. Great stuff. We'll also post a link to the entire Giuliani interview. Uh, we played a small clip of it, but there, it's a 10-minute interview in which they discuss a lot of current topics. It's in English with Hebrew subtitles. So everybody can enjoy it. Um, we'll post that as well later on today. Um, we're going to end off with Pismon La Quinton by Mickey Doron. That's, uh, Yan Quinton is the hyacinth. It's a flower. And uh, that's a beautiful lullaby, which I remember from when I was a kid, and I know my mother's listening, so... Uh, she will appreciate this as well. And we will play that song right after we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, especially today, got me out of a jam. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, an hour of great Jewish music, followed by an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then a great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.